0: Welcome to the Centre Pass Podcast, brought to you by Netball Draft Central. My name is Jared Gardner, and I'm joined by Taylor Mulkey and Sophie Taylor. And we're back for our Netball World Cup preview. Uh, we are just two days away from the start of the Netball World Cup, uh, a, a huge tournament and so many uh, storylines heading into to, to, to this tournament And Australia, obviously looking to Come back after the Commonwealth Games loss in 2018, uh, England hosting the tournament this year, and, and we'll look to to gain some confidence, to go off that confidence of the Commonwealth Games victory and and um, win on home soil. Uh, Taylor, Sophie, a big World Cup coming up. It's going to be a very interesting tournament. What are your thoughts heading into uh, the next couple of
1: weeks? I am really excited because I think for the first time in a long time, there are actually a lot of possible contenders. Yep. It used to just be Australia and New Zealand. You used to know it'd be one of those two clearly, and then it would go probably into overtime and someone would win. That was that was the <laughs> tale for however many years. But now there's just so much more variety, and the other countries have really lifted their game, and they've got just star players across the across the court. You look at South Africa, Jamaica, um, and then you've got New Zealand, England, and Australia, and for once I think this will actually be a really, really hot contest and it could really be anyone's game. I mean, what I really like is it's not just star players, but they're well known names
2: now. Yeah. Whereas in back in I mean, back in the old days, back in the day, um, you'd you'd know maybe one player of a team and you'd be like, Oh yeah, but they're still not gonna win. Whereas now, like Taylor said, you can look at the teams and you can actually go, you know what? This team is gonna work well together. I mean I really rate the England Roses team. I've mentioned that before. I think they're just fantastic. So um, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens.
0: Yeah, and it's also at, outside of that. I'll call it the Big Five. Those those five nations that are always <laughs> kind of the top. Um, we've got uh, we've seen a lot of players in of Super Nepal who play for some of those smaller nations. Obviously, Sam Wallace plays for Trinidad and. Um, Peace, Peace Scovia plays for Uganda. So there's a lot of players that, especially Australian netball watchers and, and people who have watched Sun Up Super Netball before um, know these names and know some of these names from these smaller countries. And we'll go through um, each pool one by one and we'll have a look at some of the players to watch and from some of those smaller nations, some exciting young players coming up through the ranks and who could be really exciting for the future. And we'll start off in Group A, and this is Australia's group. So Australia, Northern Ireland, Zimbabwe, and Sri Lanka – on paper, this should be an easy group to win for Australia, um, but you never want to go in with too much confidence. Um, there's going to be there's some some good players for these other sides, and but we'll go we'll go with Australia first. And um, this team that has been put together is really talented, and a lot of these players have been playing really well at Suncup Super Netball in twenty Suncorp Super Netball level in twenty nineteen. Um, what do you guys think about Australia's chances of this group and um, of going through this group pretty easily
1: I think there's a lot of question marks over the mid court for Australia I think that's been said time and time again that that area is the untested area it's the uncharted territory that you know we haven't really seen work together um Paige Hadley makes her return from the to international netball which is really exciting and she's actually only one of two players in the Australian side that's been to a world cup before her and Um, Caitlin Thwaites so she will have that experience but in saying that she hasn't really played together with the likes of um, Liz Watson and Kelsey Brown and Jamie Lee Price in the midcourt before Um, so I think that for Australia this group stage will really be the time for them to test out those combinations and find what works because as we've said multiple times there is no designated centre so we're assuming that Hadley would step into that role but I think uh, if Australia can, yeah, really nut out the mid-court positions, we know that their attack and their defence are pretty flawless and that they have the ability to win games. So I think this stage will be a really exciting stage for a lot of a lot of fans and um, just netball lovers in general.
2: Yeah, I 100% agree that this um – group in particular, Australia will get through pretty easily, but they'll use it as their opportunity to nut out all their players or especially players that they're a little bit unsure about. Um, even if they were to get someone like Sarah Clough out on the court in these times, get get them their um, international time on, on the court um, and then really make sure that they're able to step up on the off chance that they would need to come on at another time. Um, Yeah, so I think it's going to be really interesting. The first game that Australia plays is against Northern Ireland, which is um, not particularly big in terms of countries, but in terms of the fact that it's uh, Dan Ryan coaching, who is obviously an Australian coached Thunderbirds last season. So that's going to be a really big thing. Um, And Northern Ireland are going to be a little bit Interesting to watch as well. They have quite a few players who um, play in the Vitality Netball Super League in England already. They have the backing of the um, of the British audience, I guess, um, when they're playing on that court. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see how they go. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's a real interesting group, and Australia should we always say should walk, walk yeah. away with this group <laughs> and, and do it really easily. Um, but that fight for second place will be a real interesting one because. Both, or all, of these sides, and the other, the other three sides in this group, they, they all have those players that can, that can dominate games. Obviously, um, Sri Lanka have. was it the world's tallest netballer? Yeah,
1: two hundred and eight centimeters. Tarni, Targini Civilingham. I'm yeah. not one hundred percent sure how to say her name. I may have butchered it, but I tried my <laughs> hardest. But yeah, she could, she could easily turn a game on its head.
0: Well, and you said you said before that she plays. VNL with yes. City West Falcons, yep. and they're undefeated so yep. far this season. Um, so to have her in the side and her going to the World Cup for Sri Lanka, that's going to be a huge one. And it's going to be a real test for uh, Courtney Bruce and if Sarah Clare does get on the court for those defenders to um, to defend her because it's Janil Fiala, but then add a few more centimetres, yes, on, few top more centimetres so on top of that. So that's going to be a really tough one. But um, I think... This group is, is Australia's to lose um, and it'll be a really interesting fight for second place and um, all of these sides will be fighting really hard for, for that second place in this group. Group B now will move on and this is New Zealand's group. So New Zealand, Malawi, Barbados and Singapore. I'd, I'd say, yeah, this is, also, this is also New Zealand is the team that should run away with this one and, and have the talent to do so. Um, but once again, there's some, so, so there's a few talented players on the other teams that could um, put in some really good performances.
2: It's really interesting, though. Malawi will be um, a really interesting force to be reckoned with against New Zealand. Um, They beat New Zealand in the 2018 Commonwealth Games. Worth mentioning, though, they did did have Maui Kamwenda, um, who did her ACL in the end of last season in the Super Netball. So she will not be playing, which is a massive out. Um, But you'd hope that Malawi will have... uh, Well, they'll have someone like Joyce Mavula, who, um, again, going back to the VNSL has experience on those courts. She has experience and she's a really, really solid player. So she can certainly get the job done. Um, But yeah, New Zealand, they use their quad series over the last probably um, six months or so to really solidify those connections and figure out who worked best where. And I really think New Zealand are going to be a force to be reckoned with.
0: Yeah, well, it's something we've kind of seen. It's kind of a a revolution of the, the New Zealand netball team because they've done... A great job, or well, Nolan Tyrell has done a great job since coming in as, as head coach, and um, really worked out this side, especially quad series in the last international um, series that that we've had. There's there's obviously so much talent on this New Zealand side. The likes of Laura Langman, Maria Falau, There's just these names that we've we know and uh, we we've known for so long um, in in world netball. So. They're always going to be a dangerous team and I think they should top this group pretty easily.
1: And I think the thing that we shouldn't underestimate is the tactical mind of Noly and Tarua. I think we've said just before is that, you know, they use the, the Quad Series and the Constellation Cup to test out combinations and she has faith in her players and that I think is the most important thing is that they know that they have the backing of her and for someone like Bailey Mez who had... A below average, like a below par season, um, in the ANZ Premiership, for her to get picked in the in this fern side, it shows that Tarua has a lot of faith in her, and she has shown that she can break games apart. But Mez really just needs to step up this um. This series and this in this World Cup, if New Zealand are really to go to post and pose that dominant um, that dominant force that we know that they can be, so I think that this will be a really exciting stage. But I think it'll also be a time for Nolene to um, and the Ferns to, like Australia, just work out the best combinations because they will come up against uh, the likes of Barbados and Singapore, who are relatively, mm-hmm. you know, they're unknown. They they're an unknown quantity with players that could really cause upsets or, you know, New Zealand wouldn't have come up against them a lot, so yeah. they won't know how they play and they won't know their structures. So this will also be a good test for them to see what works and how to play their game best.
0: Yeah, so uh, before we move on, and would I be correct in saying, we'll say New Zealand finish first, Malawi finish second in this group?
1: I'd imagine. Yeah, I'd imagine. i imagine. So yeah.
0: I, I think Barbados and Singapore will be the teams that... Have nothing to lose, so we'll see. We'll see them put it all out on the court and um, challenge these sides. But I just can't see them getting over the top of the the, the other two. Uh, group C now. This is if I had to call one group a group of death. This is the one I'd call. <laughs> oh, um, hands down. This is a, a really tough tough group. Jamaica, South Africa, Trinidad and Tobago, and Fiji. So some some great players in in this group, and so there's going to be some. Great matchups. We'll start off with Jamaica. Um, obviously, Janir Fowler is just going to be a dominant force for them. They've also got Ramalda Aiken, who can play a goal shooter. Um, goalkeeper
1: as well. So oh, yes, yeah, goalkeeper. Given her, as well. her recent form in the Suncorp Super
0: Netball. Um, Shamira Sterling, who is having an amazing Suncorp Super Netball season, as we've spoken about so many times. Katie Nahaney, who plays with the Vixens, but is just, I think, a, a really... good good defender and I think she can play a really good role for Jamaica in this World Cup. They
2: just have some really big names now. And Jamaica and South Africa in particular are two teams where in the last few years they've really um, come out and you know a lot of the names when you look at the list. And one of the um, other names that really stands out to me is um, Stacey-Anne Facey. She played in the, again, the VNSL, but it just goes to show Fowler, um, Dehaney... Aiken, Sterling, facey. Um Facey. Yeah,
0: even players like Shanice Beckford, Angelie yeah, Williams, like they're, they've they're, shown so many no times names they can. Yes, they um, can play really well, and I think they're going to be a team to watch. Yeah,
2: yeah, they're they're well known, and you can actually pick them out when you look at the team, and that's a really big thing. They are um, getting more recognised, and you can you can really see that the development that's come through, and it's just fantastic.
1: I was literally just about to say, I think this just shows how important development is with having something like the Suncorp Super Netball and the VNSL is that it is providing pathways for players from other countries to develop their skills and then come back and then pose a dominant threat. You look at Jamaica's list, like we said, and they have just some key players that could absolutely tear games apart. So they will pose a real threat. And then if we move on to South Africa, you just look across the court and you go, Wow. Yeah, just, eight wow. Each of those players
2: are easily playing at a very, very high level. Yeah,
0: it's South Africa are just a really scary side. Oh. Like yeah. they're they're kind of the the smoky for me. Yeah. That can take this competition out. If they get a good run on and um I think they're they're a really good side. I think Carla Pretorius, I'd I'd almost say she's the best netball player in the world right now.
1: Oh, oh yeah. I would, I'd say I would 100% there. back you up because that was like the next thing that was going to come out of my mouth is that the combination between Pretorius and Mawaini yep. is going to be ridiculously hard to stop. Yeah,
0: especially because they've played at club level for, for this whole 2019 season and done such yep. a good job at that.
1: And then to have Plummer as your coach. Yeah. Yeah, I
2: mean, yeah. I wow. mean, and then you look at players like Aaron Berger and Lanitz Potgita. Obviously, not they're not getting the wins in um, the Firebirds, but they've slotted in seamlessly.
1: Um, they've just been able to step up to the plate and play their role straight away. And Potgita was dominant in the ANZ, champion, yeah. in ANZ Premiership. She played with the steel and she was just prolific to post. And most importantly, she was accurate. And if she brings that form against. Uh, like she brings that form into the World Cup good luck to anyone that's coming up against South Africa
0: yeah it, it's a real interesting one because the combinations that they've got I mean the combinations that they've got at international level also at club level so yeah Aaron Berger going into Lenny's Poto at the Firebirds and and, and Pretorius playing together at the lightning and and doing such a good job they've got a player like Bongingham Somi who, Played with Adelaide last year and, and did a really good job. Um,
2: and she played with the Wasps in the VNSL this year, and they got to the grand final. She was in, She was so good, and yeah. I I had a lot of complaints about her play last year, but I think it was um, the team she was playing with didn't allow her to open up that space. But her playing for Wasps this season was phenomenal.
0: Yeah, and a player like Der Merwe, who played with Adelaide this season in Sun Cup Super Netball, has come into the side and, and done a good job when she's been on the court. It's it's a scary prospect for some of those other sides because South Africa are going to be a real challenger.
2: Well, you know what's interesting? I was going to say that both of these two teams, it's really coming down to the mid-court. I was going to question. say that too. But then you look at South Africa, and like I said, Aaron Berger, uh, Boy Mazomi. Uh, van Shadeen van der Merva, they actually have those names now, whereas Jamaica is still, you know the names, but you don't necessar- necessarily rate them up Also, there. their
0: names are the bookends of the court. Like their names yeah. are an yeah. in-goal shooter, an in-goal keeper. There's not much in the middle of that. Yeah. So uh, it probably goes in favour of South Africa if you're going to pick between these two sides.
2: Yeah,
1: definitely for me. And we can't forget about uh, Trinidad and Tobago, who are also in Group C. They've and got- they're the
2: only other country that's won a World Cup before. Yes, That's yes. worth saying.
1: They tied. It was, wasn't was it uh, equal first with uh, Australia and New Zealand? I'm pretty sure.
2: I don't know, but they I know. also I'm, won. I'm going
1: with <laughs> it. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is. Oh, now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> yes, yeah, second guess yourself. Um, oh. No, I'm not. I know I'm right.
2: Yep, you're right. 1979.
1: Bingo. Okay. okay. Say that again and I'll tune in with my piece of genius.
2: Oh, yeah, and Trinidad and Tobago are the only team that have actually won it as well.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure they tied or came equal first with Australia and New Zealand, so it shows that they definitely have the capacity to put out a solid performance. I mean, this was a long time ago, but still, you know, they have the ability to win to win games and stand up on the international stage. But if you look at their squad, having someone like Sam Wallace in the goal circle will just pay dividends for them because she has proven time and time again with the New South Wales Swifts that she can just shoot the lights out of the game and she's accurate and she's just so strong on the hold that she'll be such a key player for Trinidad and Tobago.
0: And had she played for the so she's having a really good 2019 yeah. and she's been one of, one of their best players and done such a great job. So it's going to be unfortunate. Trinidad and Tobago probably finished third in this group just mm-hmm. because they're they're up against South Africa and Jamaica. I'd say South Africa win this group. I agree. I yeah. think, yeah, yep. I think they just have the t- more, the talent is more a- spread out yeah, across, across support, the court. Yeah. Um, but Jamaica are a team you cannot discount. And Never, if they no. get to the, fi- if they get to the, to the finals, they're a team that can really do some damage. Uh, the final group, Group D, uh, England, the hosts up against Uganda, Scotland and Samoa. Now, not only does this team have the hosts and one of the favorites in England, there's some really good young players and some really exciting young players from the other, these other three sides that um, are going to be exciting to watch. But we'll start off with England. Um,
2: My favourites. I think they've won it. I- Just already. looking at the list, they. I don't think they're going to lose. I just don't think it's possible.
1: I'm with you on that. I just, the only thing that I think about with England is that they have an ageing list. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that I counted this the other day. It was like six, or, they have six or seven players that are over the age of 30. It's now, more about whether they'll be able to uphold Exactly, that was quality, I was about yeah. to say, is whether they can back up day after day, like, because the World Cup regime is clearly quite heavy and you play a lot more games. Now, I'm sure they'll manage the the load a lot more and, put their real, you know, key players on when they need the games to be won and things like that. But apart from the age thing, I mean, you look at that list and you just cannot pick a fault if you tried. Yeah. I, yeah I, I watched
2: the um the announcement um that Tracy Neville did and every player and the way she was describing them, I was like, yes, they've got it. Um, She really went in with versatility in mind, which is what the Aussies tried to do, but I don't think they've – they overcompromise with the um, versatility,
1: Australia. Because
2: what England have done, they've come in with versatility, but then they've got players like Chelsea Pittman, who's who's a dominant force in wing attack. She only plays wing attack and she does it well. And so they've, and then they've got someone like Nat Haythornthwaite, who can go centre, wing attack, goal attack, even goal shooter. If she has to like players like that, where there's just so much that they can do. I just really think they've got it in the bag.
0: Yeah, and obviously Jeevan Mentor is just. So good it. so often, so she's going to be a real key uh, player for England. Uh, Uganda will mention Peace Prascovia played for the Lightning for the first, oh, for 2019 and doing a really good job when she's been on the court. Um, it's, it's a good sign for Uganda and it'll be real interesting to watch how they feed the ball into her and um, how they... Uh, If they if they can challenge England or how how close they can go to challenging England.
2: Well, the thing with Uganda as well, they've also got Mary Cholhok, who again played in the VNSL. Please Um, tell
1: us one more time. Okay, she played in the VNSL.
2: (laughs) (laughs) VNSL. Um, No, but Mary Cholhok was a real force to be reckoned with in the first half of the season. She was unstoppable at the post until she wasn't. It was more about, um, no, oh, the, oh, she was oh. playing for the Loughborough Lightning and um, the side wasn't able to adapt to how they played and that's why they didn't um, get as far as they wanted to. So I think having that experience behind her, this was her first season she came in to replace Peace Proscovio, I'm pretty sure. So um, Like for like. Yeah, so I think Uganda has some really great options under the post, but the issue is they're a completely unknown quantity otherwise. We actually don't know if any of the players, um, will be able to hold up to that World Cup standard. So it, it's a real question mark.
0: Yeah, so the the final two teams in this group, Scotland and Samoa, both have really young, talented, exciting players. Um, do you want to go through a couple of those for us?
2: Well, Taylor's going to hate me because I've got another one for Scotland from Get- the VNSL. <laughs> oh, there's
1: a surprise. <laughs> um,
2: but Emma Barry, she's a 17-year-old. She played for the... Um, Kel- no Celtic Dragons or Strathclyde Sirens, I'm pretty sure she um, took the teams, spot. Mate. She took the spot of Kat Tuavate when um, Tuavate fell pregnant, um, and that is a massive shoes to fill. Um, and she held up really well. But obviously, massive shoes to fill there um, coming in for Kat Tuavate in the Sirens. But she really held up well. And there's a few other players there: Ella Gibbons, Emily Nickel, Hayley Mulheron. Um, Lindsay Gallagher all have that massive amount of experience playing in the um, the UK's best leagues. So for them to be able to all team together and play for Scotland, I think, I don't know how much they're going to challenge England, but I reckon they'll put up a really good fight against Uganda and Samoa and come out.
1: That's what I was just top. about to say, is that sometimes just being able to play at that next level, even though you might not play with your country a lot together, just playing at that next level, uh, such as the VNSL, you get to develop your skill. You get to you get greater exposure to players that you've never played against, that are world-class or, you know, that could be a real big threat. So the fact that Scotland have got so many players that have at least had that exposure to the next level is a really exciting prospect for them. Though I think they will struggle against someone like England, but then again, I don't know who won't struggle against England. <laughs> exactly. And then um, we can't forget Samoa as well. They've got Ariana Luamanu, who is actually an Aussie. So that's a really exciting prospect. I think she's 17 or so, and she's a product of Geelong Grammar. So, I mean, it's great to show that Australia's still producing great netballers. and Even though they're going to other countries, even if we want to talk about, say, Chelsea Pittman, who was a former Aussie <laughs> now, over to England, we'll claim her. Um, I think that's just a really exciting thing. Um, for Samoa to have such a young gun and to show such great faith in in her to be able to hold her own and bring her a, away to the World Cup, I mean, what an experience for the for the. I really 17-year-old. hope she gets
2: the time on court because I'd really really like to see how she does.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a real interesting one, and this group is going to be very interesting. England will should walk away with it, but that fight for the second spot will just be uh, really great. So many great players for all three other sides. Okay. Now, finally, we're going to do a few predictions for the Nepal World Cup. Uh, we're going to go with the four play, four teams we think will make the medal matches and, and who will win all three medals. Uh, what do you guys think?
2: I'm going for the gold medal match. I'm going to go Australia, England, and England will come out on top. I reckon I'd really, okay. I reckon it's going to be a close one. I'd love to see a bit of extra time in there oh, because no, I couldn't, I couldn't Australia and no New Zealand have dominated the extra time for so long. England should get a piece of it. Um, so, yeah, New Zealand, uh, uh, England, Australia, I reckon New Zealand and um, South Africa are three and four.
1: Yeah, uh, mine is very similar because I think that it will be England v Australia. As much as I hope that Australia... Out on top. I just think that England will have a they'll have that home crowd advantage, b they know that they can beat Australia. They beat them last time on in on the com. Oh fuck, they beat them last time against oh my god, <laughs> they beat them last time in the Commonwealth Games and then they beat them on home soil in the uh quad series. So they definitely have that that belief that they can do it. So I think it'll be England. That win gold, Australia silver, and then I'd say New Zealand uh, bronze because you just can't underestimate Nolan Tarua and the ferns. And then fourth, I'd say um, I reckon it would be South Africa.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I'm much the same as you guys. I'm going to say <laughs> Australia England final. I'm going to stick with the Aussies. Oh, I think the Aussies mm-hmm. will, will get da- get it done. I think there's that fire in the belly after the Commonwealth Games. Worth mentioning,
2: I want Australia to Yeah, win. <laughs> I mean, also, same here. I, I'm
1: happy to be, like, Yeah, prove wrong. me wrong, Australia, please.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the Aussies will, will just be too good in the end. Um, I think uh, I want to say South Africa beat New Zealand in the Brunswick. I'd love match. to see
2: that.
1: That would be. That's, good. I
0: think I honestly think South Africa are a real smoky. And I think they can they if if it all goes to if it all goes to plan for South Africa and everything comes together perfectly, they could legitimately win the whole tournament. But I think it's just Australia and England will just be too good and get to the gold medal match. Yeah. Um, but I think South Africa will win bronze, and just finally we'll go a, a player of the tournament prediction.
1: I'll kickstart us. Okay, you go. Unless you want to go. No, you go. I'll kickstart because I want to get dibs first of all. Uh, (laughs) Carla Pretorius. I just think she is a phenomenal athlete. She's an amazing netballer. And it's just her ability to read the play and get hands to ball time and time again that just, it it is like mind blowing stuff the way she does it. And I think that if she has just, like, if she continues the form that she is shown in the Suncorp Super Netball, she'll win the player of the series hands down. See,
2: I'm going also with a defender, but I'm going more along the vein of Shamira Sterling in goalkeeper. Um, she got the Player of the Series for the Fast Five last year, and that was her first time playing internationally. And for her to put out such a strong performance, so I just, yeah, I think I think she's got it in the bag. She's just so good
1: wow. and con- relatively
2: consistent too. Even when even on a bad game, she's getting like five deflections.
0: Yeah, she's she's. Done so well in Super yes, Netball, and, so much and was so good in Fast Five last year. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Aussies. I'm going to say <laughs> I'm going to say Liz Watson.
2: Okay, I can live with that.
0: the the way i'm The way I'm looking at it,
1: boring. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're going Carla victorious That's more boring <laughs> than Liz Watson.
1: Nah, she's more exciting to watch.
0: Um, Liz Watson. The the only my reasoning behind it is I think that. With the the uncertainty around the mid court for Australia, I think she's the leader of that mid court, yeah. and I think if Australia are going to go a long way and get to the gold medal match, it it's going to be Liz Watson who stands up and really is the general for for Australia in the mid court. And I think she's going to do a great job, and um, she just is is such a good player and, and has done it for a few years now. And I think she'll be the player of the tournament. Uh, that is all we have time for this week. Um, on the center pass podcast, do go follow us at center pass pod. Um, and we'll be back next week with some wraps after the first part of the Nepal world cup
2: and go Australia. <laughs>